The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you living a wellness lifestyle? What could it do for you? Join us today on the Wellness Lounge a step further and see how our guests and direction can inspire you to self-empowerment through a wellness lifestyle. Now, here is the host of the Wellness Lounge a step further, Desiree Watson. Hello, everyone. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, I'd like to, of course, uh, once again say thank you to uh, so many of you that are listening uh, around the world. Uh, thanks for listening, Germany, Canada, Denmark, France, uh, Japan. We're so excited about that. Uh, and, of course, this platform is a step further. This is Wellness Interactive, and we have a signature brand, which is the Wellness Lounge, and we're located at 14 South Orange Avenue. And what we do, or what we like to feel we're doing, is taking it a step further. And, of course, uh, based on your input, I think we're doing it pretty well. So I'm excited about uh, the conversation that we're going to have today with uh, Dr. Pride Boone. Uh, we're going to be speaking uh, today about uh, the Global Spa and Wellness uh, Platform. It's actually a Global Spa, spa and Wellness Summit, uh, which uh, happens every year uh, in one of the countries around the world. This year it's in India, so I'm really excited about that. Um, but, you know, we're going to speak about that as it uh, impacts our communities. And we're also going to speak about the Affordable Care Act, which, uh, of course, they're calling it the Obamacare. Uh, so Dr. Pride Boone is going to help us with that because Dr. <laughs> Dr. Pride Boone has uh, uh, just been uh, working in our communities for many years. She's a Harvard grad, uh, uh, Columbia grad, uh, just brilliant, brilliant mind. And what she does is really focused on the communities that are uh, so in need of the services that most uh, health and wellness industries represent. But are they really getting it? But before we ask Dr. Pride Boone to uh, speak with us, um, uh, I also want you all to know that Dr. Pride Boone has joined me uh, about, uh, I think we've had her on uh, three other three other times, maybe three sessions before, back in February and June and July. So please uh, uh, go to the archives and uh, take a listen to some of the other programming because everything she speaks about has uh, uh, just extraordinary uh, value. But I'd like to speak about, um, before we bring her on, um, patience, spiritual beliefs, and this is just, uh, as I said, t- 
taking it a step further, throwing it out here uh, to get you all to think about um, uh, who we are as a community and who we are as individuals and how proactive we also can be with uh, our health and wellness. And as always, we're connecting the mind, the body, the spirit. So no matter what show we're doing, we want everybody to be grounded in faith. But, of course, uh, as Dr. Pyatt would say, and to the God of your understanding, but definitely grounded in faith and uh, grounded with uh, that whole connection with the mind and the body. So I'm going to read this. Uh, this is written by uh, Dariska Brown, uh, Brown, MD. She shares with us how spirituality and mental health coexist in the medical field. Now, this was written in our publication, the Wellness Lounge publication, and at one time we used to uh, kind of pass these publications out at all of our venues because we do pop-up wellness lounges throughout the country. So let me just read this. It says, patients' spiritual beliefs and faith traditions influence how your patients and their families respond to health challenges. She's writing to the actual professional, the physician. According to the American Academy of Family Physicians, cultural competence is a set of congruent behaviors, attitudes, and policies that come together as a system, agency or among professionals, and enable that system agency or those professionals to work effectively in cross-cultural situations. The word culture is used because it amplifies, or it implies, I should say, the integrated pattern of human thoughts, communications, actions, customs, beliefs, values, and institutions of a racial, ethnic, religious, or social group. The word competence is used because it implies having a capacity to function effectively. Now, on that note, I think uh, we will bring Dr. Pride Boone in to speak with us and to empower us and to take it a step further when it comes to uh, this amazing life and culture that we're living every day. So, Dr. Pride Boone, welcome. Thank you for joining us again, once again. Oh, thank you. I'm so I'm happy to join you. I appreciate uh, the work that you're doing to really just bring the importance of faith and mind and body and spirit to wellness and wholeness and healing. So it's just fantastic work, and I'm, I'm so happy to join you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, I, I'd like to just jump right into uh, what uh, – we are all experiencing right now in our country, and maybe you can help us. <laughs> well, I know you can. I'm, I, we'll, we'll take uh, the information and uh, uh, really uh, hold it dear because uh, I am very confident and always inspired by the knowledge uh, that you have and that you, you share with us. What is going on and what is happening with our country right now with um, just <laughs> the Affordable Care Act, and, of course, they're calling it Obamacare. So I would just like to get um, uh, your thoughts right now on where we are, where our communities are, and, of course, the, we have various communities throughout the country. Who's being affected by this, and uh, where are we going from here? 
Dr. Pryphone, can you can you explain what uh, I, I, it's almost uh, my view? It's it, it's I, I hate to use the word, but it's almost hostile in a sense. Yeah, it's it's um, you're asking a pediatrician. So um, my first love and passion is the care and and, and maintenance of wellness in, in families and children. So this weekend I spent pretty much 98% of it in the hospital taking care of a lot of sick children and newborns. And um, I'm just so grateful for the Affordable Care Act, which was uh, Romney Care before it became Obamacare. None of them are the correct name. The correct name is Affordable Care Act. And you may have seen the studies where if you call it Affordable Care Act, 62% of people are in favor of it. It, it, it increases by 10%. If you put wow. Obamacare on that, it drops by 10%. So just the name Obama for some families and groups of uh, persons in the country, changing the name affects how they feel about it. But as a pediatrician, I saw children with thyroid disease, with diabetes, with newborns, with um, very precarious situations. And for years, I had to worry about how I diagnosed those children. So mm-hmm. I may in my heart and, and medical mind say, this is diabetes, but if I put that down on that child's chart, that child could be excluded from care. If I say they have cancer, if I say they have a pre, any pre-existing condition, which for a child is, is life, um, any congenital anomalies that I find, anything that requires plastic surgery, if I named it as such, they would be excluded from health care. And there is no better way to drive a family to poverty than to have a health crisis and not be able to pay the bills. So to be able to provide health care for millions of people that um, who can be driven to poverty. And your platform is wellness. And there was a wonderful study in science in August August 30th issue um, about the effect of poverty and and good decision-making. And when you are stressed out, they had done studies internationally. And and before the harvest, just before the, the, the farmers would actually make money from their harvest, they made the worst decisions about their health, about everything, because of the stress a poverty. So there, there, there's thought to be some a certain amount of triggered uh, bandwidth in which to make good decisions. And if that space in your heart, soul, or mind for decisions is occupied, but how am I going to eat? How am I going to pay this bill? There's very little room about smoking and exercising and diet. That just there's no room for it. So mm. we have a limited capacity for decision making. We think we have tons of it, but actually it's probably limited. Right. Exactly. <laughs> You know, so if you occupy that with, with you, but you know, as Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. if if all of your needs in time space is eating and paying the bills and not bankruptcy because of a health care crisis, mm-hmm. you can't make wellness decisions. You, you can't get to level five because you're stuck at level one, two, three, and four, which is eating and safety and 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 home and not being homeless. So mm-hmm. for my families to have access to health care. I don't care what you call it. <laughs> if you don't drive them to poverty, which is already a tougher situation in a hospital setting, because if you're poor and culturally disadvantaged, you've got more issues to talk to when you're in that hospital room trying to help that family because they, what are you thinking? Are you, are you judging me? There are many issues that hit, and there are many studies. Yeah, and see, I'm always uh, uh, stunned at, at that uh, where somehow uh, – I don't know. Are, are, are people or professionals thinking that uh, uh, the way that 
we are conditioned or, or just nurtured or the communities we come from, if you're a physician or if you're a hospital administrator or if you're in the health industry, that when you, you, you're looking at a family or a person coming in that's, that's not well, and uh, they may not you know, they may not have uh, what everyone else has, and you're, you're not judging them. I'm not saying you're right. – <laughs> here's that, the deal. And, we and, all bring our own thoughts at uh, – we can at any given time to be judgmental uh, with poor people. And it, I always say this. It's, it's so unfortunate. It's very sad. But somehow in America we forget about poor people because nobody likes poor people. You can be on the, the train and, you know, people will move away from someone who appears to be in need or, you know, I, I just cannot get that in a rich country like the United States. Why are we, uh, you know, judgmental against uh, uh, people in need like that, Dr. Pribum? I just think it's human nature that, you know, in order to survive, people make groups and classifications and they make up their minds to, you know, I don't, I, I don't know if we're wired or we have to train ourselves or you need a great deal of spirituality not to prejudge. But um, I certainly know as physicians, you're just tremendous studies. When a black child shows up in the emergency room and they may be poor or wealthy, they're less likely to get pain medication. Wow. They're less likely. If you're black and you're wealthy, you may not get the best cardiac care. And wow. if you're black and poor, you're not going to get the best care. So, and, and physicians, you think, are trained. They know better. They do it for a living. So um, when I walk into every room, I do my best to pray and say, Lord, remove all judgments. Suspend whatever thoughts I may have or think I have about anybody anything because I don't know. I just think I know. So mm-hmm. I walk into every room, regardless of income and race and culture and language. Today I saw this because of many different languages and cultures. Suspend all human thoughts and preconditions because we are humans and we're subject to those. And if you're not careful to guard yourself against judging, you will. So I think wow. there just may be a human experience. There's this group identities. There are good studies on, you know, if you put kids, four-year-olds, in blue shirts and red shirts, they'll just group up with the red shirts, and the blue shirts will stay together. And mm-hmm. they'll think, we're better than the red shirts. So really? Right. <laughs> so there's right. some human protectiveness and, and group identity. I'm not sure. They, we just know it exists. How we get so, there and how you change it is a lot harder. Yeah. So, so but, uh, this is, uh, yeah, very interesting because uh, if we look at um, – our politicians and what's happening in Washington and all the information that you just shared, I think uh, it, it does affect us all. And so uh, when I look at the politicians and uh, some of them are constantly speaking about the communities they represent. Well, my constituents want this and my constituents don't want this. And, you know, based on some of the communities that are, being represented by the politicians, I'm not understanding, Dr. Pride Boone, how uh, some of these communities would not want affordable health care. So do you think they're actually getting the information? And uh, you know, we do know that in, in some communities throughout the country, they don't have access to uh, uh, information through television or media. Uh, and they may not have it uh, access through uh, radio or online. We don't know this, but I, I just cannot believe 
that uh, uh, there are areas in this country where people aren't being represented, and this is just my thought, may not necessarily be represented with uh, true thoughts through education, uh, through the platform that some of these uh, uh, congressmen have been sworn in to do to represent their community. So do you, can you speak about that? Because I, I, I'm, I'm lost. I mean, we have poor communities that some of the Congress, uh, uh, some of the politicians represent, and they, uh, they are constantly saying that their constituents don't want this Affordable Care Act. Yeah, I've been blessed to live in many communities. I've lived in 10 different cities, and um, I often just call them low-information members who only get their news source from one or two limited out- outlets. There's certainly the influence of the Tea Party that um, is against Obamacare um, and has you know, written Affordable Care Act as somehow government takeover, and that information is all they, many of these communities hear, and they have not presented a fair view. For me, it's being – I can see children 26 on their parents' insurance, so they have access to health care, which means they don't have to become financially broke if there's a crisis, if they're medically ill. Mm-hmm. I like no preexisting condition. How did the messages about what Affordable Care Act – can do get lost in the government's taking over. So, you know, unfortunately there are low information, and I have had families living in South, and many of the governors of many of the southern states will not accept the affordable care plan, and they're, they're people who need it the most right. are not going to receive that care because they don't have information. They're not getting Yeah, they're in areas that may not be receiving they, it. Let's right. hold that thought for a moment, Dr. Pride Boone, yes. and we're going to uh, – break and we shall uh come back in a couple of minutes and we're speaking with dr pride boone who is informing us on all things well when it comes to being uh proactive uh uh with our health and wellness but also with uh uh speaking about the affordable care act and preventative care and i'm loving this Uh, we'll return in a moment thank you This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even coworker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things. And together, you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite twice every week, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety and on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. 
Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life, every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're speaking with Dr. Pride Boone. And Dr. Pride Boone uh, has joined us uh, uh, on numerous occasions to always take us a step further when it comes to being well. And uh, today we're speaking about the Affordable Care Act, and we're also speaking, excuse me, speaking about uh, preventative care and being proactive uh, with our uh, health and wellness, uh, which uh, plays a very strong role uh, for family life or the quality of life for our community. So welcome uh, again, Dr. Pride Boone. Thanks for joining us. Um, we were speaking uh, about our communities, and uh, we, you, you spoke about in some locations uh, in the country, maybe perhaps the South, um, they uh, seem to be resistant to the Affordable Care Act. And you were saying, uh, you spoke about how uh, these places may need it the most. And I think uh, you could also refer to uh, the, the some states are very obese, and there's a lot going on down there in the South. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying there's not that way all over the country, but some of the states have uh, the highest uh, uh, obesity rate uh, in the South, and I'm sure you can speak more about that and why it's necessary to at least look at the Affordable Care Act. Yes. Um, I mean, you may, as you know, um, the Affordable Care Act is based on the Massachusetts model of Romney Care, mm-hmm. and it, it comes from a Republican platform. It was mm-hmm. well received and accepted. It had its issues in the beginning, but now it's loved by the state. And, and Massachusetts, not to do regions, is one of the most successful states, I think, because they've managed health care. And as a, a provider of care, I know how important it is to have access to preventive care, to have access to stress reduction to have to not worry about a, a medical catastrophe that could lend the family becomes homeless because they can't pay their medical bills. So I think we need to model a state like Massachusetts. We need to model Romney care. And as our president has said, once it's done and effective, they won't call it Barack. They won't call it Obamacare. They're going to call it Affordable Care Act again. And I just think there's a there's just many issues. You know, are they against it because it's a, they think it's now a Democratic thought when they've forgotten that it's Republican? I I think it's a good example of a bipartisan plan because it, it's a Republican plan brought forth by a Democrat and a, a, a Democratic Senate. So. Mm-hmm. I, I just care about our families, and, and I wish that we didn't have to do politics, and I wish I could understand, is this race? Is it democratic? What's the issue here? The voters spoke, 
in 2012, they said we need to do something about health care. We are not as competitive as we need to be in, in industrialized countries because we have this issue of health care. And who you are and what you make and where you work or don't work determines whether you have access to wellness. And wellness, you and I know, is the basis for life. And so It really is, and I, I, I just don't know how uh, we could continue to be so far away from it. You know, uh, for years now, we have had uh, health as a product, you know. Uh, it's being driven as a product. And uh, having a marketing, you know, background, I've always, <laughs> we've actually studied this in school, you know. But you're looking at uh, uh, the profit margins. You're looking at uh, everything from brand management, all of this. Our health care is a product, and it's being driven as though it is a, uh, you know, basically brand marketing strategy. And I just think that is the worst. <laughs> I mean, it's the worst. Uh, and, and wait, maybe it started off well many years ago, but right now it is just uh, to your point and all the issues you brought up, it is choking us. It really is. And um, on that note, I really would like to speak about uh, – all things well, what do you think uh, moving forward families or individuals can do when embracing preventative care and also being just proactive uh, with their wellness? Uh, because a lot of us uh, uh, don't think about it. That's it. And I believe that this is the first thing you should think about because we can't have anything without being well. I mean, that's yeah. just, it's the quality of life. And uh, for years, we've perpetuated the thought that, oh, okay, you know, when you get sick, just you, you go to your doctor, you get a drug, you go to the hospital, and that's it. But there's so much more to just uh, being proactive to being well and the quality of life. You, we have to place that first. What are your thoughts about that, Dr. Prideboom? Yes, I think um, peace and serenity are key to wellness. And so mm -hmm. if it's just a disease model where um, the interest is only I, I see the doctor when I'm sick and then you fix that, it, what we see now is all the behavioral issues that bring you to the doctor in your 40s and 50s and 60s because you've not made healthy choices coming to that point. So getting people to see wellness as a state of mind, as a, a place of peace and serenity where good decisions can be made and in taking good care of the body, the mind, and the spirit, the need for medical services in terms of a disease model services diminishes. The studies there are excellent. And you will need to see a doctor. We we all become sick. We, we're all right. here for a limited time, presumably 74, depending on your race and your and your gender. You have a preset number of years. So you want to have good times as often as many times as you can in those good years. And you want you, you cannot control your genetic um, heritage. So you know what you have, but there are eugenics. There are good ways to balance your genetic load with a healthy environment, green, green hopefully, but really peace of mind and to have serenity and peace and, and to spend a part of the day with the God of your understanding, with a sense of purpose, with a sense of a plan, and moving forward, whatever your medical history or existence may be at that moment, do the best you can with that day. And so our model, traditionally trained at Harvard, I won't tell you how many years ago, it, wasn't, <laughs> it was a disease model. 
and it's based on, okay, now I'm sick, what do we do? Certainly that's my job. When you come to me and the child is in respiratory distress, you don't want to hear about the God of my understanding. You want me to make your child breathe, and my child is blue, make him pink again. That's the issue on the table. Mm-hmm. But in the absence of a true medical emergency, what does wellness look like? And wellness, to me, for families, is having that peace and having that serenity and that bond and that trust and that vulnerability in that family and and to remove the absence of financial catastrophe. And mm. you should not suffer the loss of a family's wholeness and wellness because you don't have health care. So I think this president and, and the Congress is trying to remove major barrier to wellness, and that's access to health care. You need preventive services. If we catch your disease early, if I can see you early as an infant and I can scan you for cardiac disease and respiratory disease, if I know, if I put down I'm concerned about that when I code you and diagnose it, and now you're going to lose your health insurance, I'm not going to do that. So I want to be free to be not have to worry about pre-existing conditions. I want to be free to find out what's happening with your child and take care of it before it becomes a major catastrophe for your family. And I can do that with the Affordable Care Act. And and how can we continue on the projection and the trajectory that we've been on? That's not well. Right. You got you got to do something. Exactly. And what's the alternative? Nothing. Keep it going. Keep do insanity uh. is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So I know we cannot do what we've been doing. I'm not sure where the outcome is, but I am so grateful for a chance to do it differently. Let's try to provide preventive services to, to get access to birth control if that's a choice of a family without having to pay for it. And I have to see pregnant teenagers at 14 and 15. If I know that that child is sexually active, I want that child to have access to preventive services. I don't want her to have HIV. I don't want her to be pregnant at 14. And so to these are these are important concepts for a pediatrician, and it may not be for the low-information voter who isn't reading the papers or listening to the media outlets that I may listen to or on the front line with health care, but when that family, whether they read, listen to one news station or the other, has a sick member, they want access to care, and they don't want to be driven to poverty because poverty leads to very poor, can lead to very poor decision-making medically. So and then basically uh, also poverty, uh, uh, unfortunately, we're still supporting that uh, as a country anyway. So if the, uh, you don't have proper health care and it leads to poverty, we are still supporting communities still, that exactly. have poverty. So, and one of the richest, uh, well, the best country in the world, I would think, or the most, you know, richest country right. in the world. And we're still supporting poverty no matter which way you look at it. If and that's why... Not, that's why it was a Republican plan, because the plan was you're not getting rid of traditional insurances. You're going to use the traditional insurances that have voted in their favor many times, but you're going to make sure everybody has a policy, because if you don't have one and you show up in the emergency room, we're going to pay for you anyway. And when you get sick and become a train wreck, we are all going to pay that bill. So we're paying it anyway. So everybody needs to sign up. We need everybody in the insurance pool. This is not um, Medicare for all. This is still traditional insurance companies, but getting everybody at the table, including the what today are well. So you, you get access to premiums. You get access to help with those premiums. We're going to get everybody on the table. And that's what Massachusetts did. We're not going to have any more. You get in a car accident, you don't have insurance, and now we're all paying the $500, $1 million bill because you were not insured. Now, everybody pays a little bit. That's very Republican to me. Everybody 
do something. So nobody is sitting around freeloafing. We all have to pay something. The government will assist those who cannot pay it, and we all give something every month toward our health care. So this way, when you, if you, God forbid, have an accident or have a, a, a tragic disease diagnosis, you have. We all have access to care. None of us is driven into poverty, and all of us know how we're going to pay that bill. As opposed to, we just got hit with ten major cases that we can't pay for. Now we all have to pay for. Families that don't have insurance. We, we need to have, we all of us need some way to have basic insurance. We all need to be paying a little bit so that all of us have services. TB, tuberculosis, flus, they don't respect whether you have insurance policy or not. We're all going to get hit with those diseases. So we wow. all need to be individuals who carry our weight. And that means at this point in time, I'd love for us to have Medicare for all. I wish we were like seniors, all of us. We all have health care. We yeah, well, that's of, going to, I mean, that's on the table, too, at some point to be taken point, away. So right, right now. You've got 80 million, what, 70 to 80, 75 million baby boomers, and, you know, the, they would uh, – uh, love to, and I shouldn't say love, I don't know, it's, it's that whole uh, belief that they're negotiating <laughs> right. uh, uh, Medicare, too, to take it off the table. I mean, just, just uh-huh. not to have it. That's and amazing think, to me. And I think, you know, they hated Medicare. Remember when it came on board? Yeah. They hated Social Security. Now you try to take that from a senior. Oh, my goodness. So th- there's always hate with change. There's always resistance to change. But, but what I think is that this is why we elect our politicians to uh, really uh, bring back to the communities, bring back to us, the platform of change and taking it a step further, the platform for education, the platform, I, I just do not understand why anyone would uh, vote a representative in who's not bringing back change for the better. No. I, you know, why, <laughs> the idea that uh, we can have uh, a representative or a congressperson that simply uh, can work for the community long term and never ever make a change to any platform when it comes to education or health and wellness or health or it's it's beyond you know my comprehension because if I'm running for office I need to look at my communities the the community at large to say listen what can I change to make it better for you? I don't right. understand why they're very adamant about this uh, particular plan, the Ford- well, Affordable Care Act. Uh, just uh, They're looking at, uh, so they say, they're looking at the, uh, I like to think of it as the market value because being a marketing person too, uh, it's, it's the market value, and uh, why would you do that to your communities? It, it's it's just see, awful. I, I know that, you know, you and I know that I believe that they have many customers, and some <laughs> of them and some of them are the constituents, and some of them are the, are the lobbyists who get them reelected year after year. In the House of Congress, you've got to turn that over every yeah. year. As soon as you win, you got to win again. Yeah. So there yeah, are many, there are many, there are many clients, and and some of them are their constituents, but others are lobbyists. And I, I mean, just watch when you know. I'm sure most of us remember when Affordable Care Act was up for votes, how there were so much money pouring in from n- numerous corporations to stop it. To block and it, yeah. They, they were shipping people in to, for rallies and, and town meetings, and they were paying for the buses. And so 
it appeared to be a groundswelling at some point, but when you actually traced it, it wasn't. It was corporations funding right. the groundswelling. And that's amazing ground to me because it was billions of dollars which could have gone to preventative care and helping our communities. But listen, on that note, um, let's speak a, a, a little about uh, preventative care. I want to know your thoughts about uh, also what we do, uh, Wellness Interactive. We have a wellness lounge model in that uh, we're not, you know, a spa, and most people think that. I, I love spas, of course, um, but that uh, spas are external. Um, and then we're not a wellness center because wellness centers, uh, that also is uh, uh, driven uh, actually in, in a good way by physicians where you could at least uh, take care of some of the patients that may want acupuncture, massage, and, and so on. So we're in the middle, and we have a wellness lounge platform that engage with uh, some of the things you spoke about connecting that whole mind-body-spirit, but we also engage with uh, uh, therapies and medicine that's been around for many, many thousands of years, and it, they've actually held countries up for thousands of years. So acupuncture, people may not realize that that, it, uh, too, is medicine in China. And, of course, we're embracing it here now, and a lot of the platforms have uh, acupuncture uh, platforms, uh, meaning uh, you can get acupuncture, and the insurance companies will pay for it. Um, then, you know, we have everything from reflexology. It's been around thousands of years and so on. So uh, with that said, for me, in a perfect world, it would be absolutely wonderful if uh, preventative care will uh, at some point include treatments that have held uh, some of these countries up for thousands of years. I mean, when you think about acupuncture and billions of people in China, I mean, it can't be all bad, you know? And then uh, I re remember working with uh, 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 a gentleman uh, at the airline, and he was from Egypt, and he said people would walk literally miles and miles to have reflexology treatment to uh, meet with this gentleman uh, or doctor and, and Egypt uh, was like 80 years old because of the effect of reflexology uh, uh, on uh, their family. So that said, preventative care we know includes so many or can include so many of these therapies. I think it's also uh, a, a model, so to speak, uh, the wellness industry can be a model for families to be proactive and, and looking at uh, what the benefits are so that they will not end up at the doctor's office uh, ill and in, in, in a crisis situation. Does that make sense to you at all? Or I mean, it doesn't have to be. I understand you're a physician, you're MD, but does that make sense to you when you're speaking about preventative care? Does any of these treatments, uh, you know, spark an interest of being part of that preventative care for you? Yes. I, for me, as you know, I'm very interested in pediatric obesity. And right. um, I see food often as an addictive substance. I love the work of ac acupuncture. Is the only one who's worked for addiction. So, wow. you know, I would love to be able to introduce alternative therapies to families because we we 300 health choices every day. Oh, I, I love that. 300 health choices every day. Well, every not, day. I love it, but we, we should speak about that in a moment. I hear, hear the music and we'll have to break okay. uh, for a moment, Dr. Pry Boone, and uh, hold that thought. I can't wait to hear your 
uh, interesting information. Okay? We'll be right okay. back. Good. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge, a step further, with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. Thank you for joining us. We're speaking with Dr. Pride Boone. Uh, Dr. Pride Boone is engaging us on the platform for being well and the preventative model, the Affordable Care Act, and we were just uh, speaking with her. She's going to share with us uh, information on, uh, I think you said 300, uh, Dr. Pride Boone? Yes. I'll let you take it from there. We make a study show approximately 300 health choices daily. And, you know, as I mentioned, that study that came out of science in August shows we have minimum and finite capacity to make decisions. And if our thoughts, our heart space is at how am I going to pay the bill, how am I going to feed my children, I have a health care crisis that's going to drive us into poverty, you don't make healthy. The studies will show you're going to make poor choices because you have limited capacity for choices, but you've got to make 300 health ones every day. So... We need to have your pop-up lounges everywhere. And as a pediatrician, I want all families to have great health care and wellness. So I need you to be everywhere at once because you shouldn't have an, an opportunity for health for a limited few. It should be for all children and all families. And my, if I, if I had a magic wand, I would have wellness lounges everywhere. So. <laughs> Thank you. And you know what? I, I love that you mentioned that because uh, some of our uh, clients, uh, uh, we've had some really great uh, major clients who use the platform, the Wellness Lounge platform, to actually get closer to their constituents. Uh, for example, AARP, huge uh, 
uh, opportunity there where we popped up wellness lounges because they really wanted to do a survey and get really close to their constituents. We've had Kaiser Permanente, who uh, we've popped up wellness lounge for um, Viacom, which is, of course, their brand, BET. Uh, they popped up a wellness lounge just for their employees because they uh, thought it would be uh, much better to give a uh, wellness or health <laughs> gift uh, for the holidays uh, by popping up a wellness lounge right in the middle while everybody you know, was working. So we transformed the space and we, uh, of course, got them closer to what wellness is about. And you mentioned acupuncture and that you've used it uh, or you recommended it, I think, for some of your uh, patients. Now, uh, what I like about that, uh, Dr. Pride Boone, uh, is that there are other countries that have access to doing this. You know, I was just in Norway where if you uh, see a physician, that physician can uh, write a, a prescription for you to go see your acupuncturist yeah. or, you know, or to go have reflexology. What are, what are your thoughts about that? And it, yes, and, and I think that's where Affordable Care Act is moving us in the role of prevention and minimum invasive like therapies. So that's what I'm encouraged by is that we move toward a platform. The, the chemotherapy patients have their best success if they're getting Reiki therapies, if they're doing acupuncture, if they're doing other alternative and complementary mm-hmm. um, therapies that help with their stress and their healing and their heart space. And that mm-hmm. allows to make healthier 300 choices every day. We are limited in the amount of space and time for decision-making. And if we occupy that with stress instead of wellness, the decisions mm-hmm. are poor and the outcomes are poorer. So mm-hmm. we need to move in the direction of access to care for all, access to preventive services, access to low technology services that really make a difference. And it needs to be evidence-based and outcome-based. But when you have thousands of years of documentation, we have all we need. But if your clients who make political decisions are, nah, we want this way only, it affects the outcome, and if you have, and I don't believe we have as many people uh, not really wishing to do health care, because when they've broken Affordable Care up into pieces, everybody loves the pieces. But if mm-hmm. you label it Affordable Care Act, you'll get 62% approval. If you call it Obamacare, it'll drop to, it'll, uh, drop to 52 against. So mm-hmm. it's very, and as you with the marketing background, you know how this works, how you're mm-hmm. marketed to, how your information is served up to you, who is controlling the marketing dollars, and where is the uh, – if you're telling people they're deaf panels and, and you're not going to get access to acupuncture, you're going to lose – they're going to kill your grandmother at the hospital. That's yeah. The That's and, the power of marketing. It's not – they're investigating healthy, preventive ways to provide wellness and decrease stress reduction. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, that is so – Important and uh, just a, a little conversation about uh, my marketing background, and I'm, I know uh, people may wonder, well, what am I doing here? Wellness and so on. Well, I'm really passionate about wellness because actually a, a, a few things that Dr. Pride Boone, you know, mentioned uh, having access and so on. Well, I I believe in full disclosure, my husband. Uh, ran a, a company, a health insurance company, CEO and chairman of a uh, very strong health insurance company. But I've, uh, I definitely think he did great work. 
Uh, he also served on the Medicare Commission for uh, President Clinton many years ago. But I say that because, you know, I, I, I have uh, traveled and I've been – you know, with or engage with the understanding of what health insurance is about. And so uh, I can share with you, I was in, in a critical state at one point where, I mean, I, I had chronic, chronic back pain. It was just unbelievable. I, and this was after a pregnancy. And I, I think it was because I also had an eight-pound fibroid tumor and an eight-pound baby. And thank God my... my uh, you know, uh, the husband was associated with health insurance, but I had access to all care, any care, <laughs> everything. But guess what? Uh, uh, having access to that care, I think I must have seen like 18, 20 physicians or something. And so when I think about someone who doesn't have access and just the ability to get to one physician or the ability to understand, uh, to your point about the only thing you think about is eating and, and you know, survival, you're not thinking about how you're going to get to this doctor. And here I have 18, 20 physicians I can see. So on that note, my, my child, of course, uh, ultimately was delivered, but I can assure you that she was also delivered by an amazing OBGYN who believed in some form of complementary uh, and alternative. And so uh, the, the baby was coming every trimester. I mean, I, at, at five months, the baby uh, would have uh, – she wouldn't be here now. Had my physician, Dr. Harris, not offered some form of uh, – complementary or integrative. She actually used a, a, a medicine to stop the uh, contractions. Uh, she used uh, something that uh, uh, they use for arthritis patients. And not only that, I had reflexology. I had all these amazing things after the fact, you know. And I say this because if there were uh, uh, another opportunity at the time for another patient to go through what I went through, what would be available for this, what would have been available for this person? I don't know, because I had everything. And right. so uh, to me, it's a, a marketing platform, it's a product, it's a brand, and if you have no access to anything, that brand is still being driven. You know, here's someone who had everything and I still did not get <laughs> what I needed for a while until I met someone uh, with a knowledge like yourself, understanding that, yes, this, this, it's going to be a positive outcome because I'm also trying other preventative care methods or complementary and alternative. Right. And that's, again, the low-information voters. If you don't have access, often through marketing, and marketing can be used for good force, but when you yes. look at, say, sweetened beverages that affect so many of the children that I see, for every 50 commercials encouraging them to drink juice and soda, sweetened drinks, one, zero, drink water, 
drink, help, eat fruit and drink water. There are no commercials for that. So market... Right, market there are no commercials for water. Well, I don't know. I don't want to literally, but I, I don't recall any. Right. There are very few, and they're bottled water with a price tag. So, right. you know, I, I, we have these small voices. Marketing is powerful, and the choices we powerful. make are those 300 healthcare choices, there is a reason there are Viagra commercials on every 10 minutes. So we've got to make those 300 choices. We're going to be influenced by our marketing environments, which, you know, every child is online, every child is on YouTube, and every child is seeing a commercial. And those commercials are not necessarily for healthy choices. So marketing is powerful, and I'd like to see what you're doing, which is using marketing for our good and not yeah. marketing for our detriment. So, you. you know, all the political like and really, marketing choices. Uh, a little, little obsessed at times, you know. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, going into these communities, Dr. Pride Boone, and uh, they call the the grocery store or the – this is this is a, um, uh, a grocery a store that has – uh, canned soda with 50 grams of sugar, you know. Right. That's it's, our it's, traditional it's dye store. and water and sugar, you know, things like that. That bothers right. me, and I get right. so obsessed. And there's with... no marketing force for fruit, vegetable, and, and water, and flavor your water with fruit. There's just no mar- there's no money to be made there. So marketing is often driven by, of course, bottom lines, and it isn't your brand, which is to promote wellness to all. So. You know, yeah, in a perfect world, I'd love, I too uh, would love the wellness lounge, not as a pop-up, pop it up and take it down, but I would love the wellness lounge in, uh, you know, every community. And, yeah, you can come in, relax, have tea. And if you like, you can also have uh, complimentary uh, treatments, but you can yeah. uh, have an educational platform uh, to speak with br- brilliant minds like yours. And <laughs> I love right. it. I love it. But right. the, Dr. Pride Boone, talk about your foundation and where people can find you because uh, you are doing amazing work in the communities. Well, our website is strongme.org. We are founded to show and teach families resiliency regardless of their income status, race, or culture. Um, we help all families, particularly around eating disorders. Um, I see eating disorders as just a symptom of a greater disease, which is for me to have an internal wellness, to have really access to your heart space and to find peace and comfort in every day, regardless of how much money you have to spend, to really get families talking and communicating um, and, and using food as a, as a good way to bring people together and teaching them healthy habits of exercising and eating well. So we follow 5210, which is five fruits and vegetables a day, two hours of screen time only, because more than that, they're just getting marketing and commercials that encourage sweetened drinks that cause the, the problems that we see with eating. One hour of exercise daily, hopefully in a family way, walking, bicycling, whatever access, tennis, wherever you are, um, access-wise to sports. We're using exercise as a way to bring family together and really watching the zero, five, two, one, zero, zero being sweetened drinks. So we teach, we use nutrition as a platform to reach resiliency. So we take what, what looks like an obesity Absolutely. problem <laughs> as an opportunity, you know, as you're doing a step further. So my child has a problem with weight. That's about 40 to 50% of our children now, we use that as a springboard to what is the health of the family okay. and, and, and what are we doing Excellent. with food and how are we using food to medicate our emotional health, our kids. Be- on, beautiful. On, yeah, on that note, uh, we're going to have to unfortunately wind down, Dr. Pride Boone, but uh, as always, I love 
the message that uh, you're driving for our communities and would like to have you back again uh, because I think it's so important uh, with what you're doing. I just, I, I can't imagine just, having you as a physician. I'm an adult, <laughs> and so I've never had you as a physician, but the beautiful <laughs> part about it is I've been able to engage uh, your absolute brilliance for the passion of being a medical doctor and being a, really a healer in all things well. On that note, um, uh, thank you for joining us. We're uh, Wellness Interactive, uh, a step, Wellness Lounge a step further. You can always tweet us at wellness. Wellness INT, and you can find us on Facebook, Wellness Interactive, and uh, Pinterest, all the social networks. And uh, please let us know your thoughts. And again, thanks for uh, joining us today. Thanks, Dr. Prypoon. Yes, I'm Bye-bye. delighted to be here. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us this week for the Wellness Lounge. Just step further. Please tune in next Monday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another great show featuring your host, Desiree Watson. We'll continue to show you how to incorporate a wellness lifestyle and live a better life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.